We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Command Center podcast, home of the biggest edge in Dynasty fantasy football. My name is Travis May. I'm the Debbie coordinator at Rotoviz, and I'm joined by Curtis Patrick, the Dynasty coordinator at Rotoviz. Last episode, we actually covered the top wide receivers of the future, took a look at some guys that were going to come into the NFL in 2020 and beyond, and we'll get to the running backs on that here soon. But for this week, we're actually going to be talking about some players that you know could rise from the ashes of uh, lower average draft position and become some fantasy starters for you in the very near future. But uh, first, Curtis, it's been like, what, a couple weeks since we've actually been on the show together. It's good to see you again. Yeah, likewise, man. Uh, last week, I appreciate you holding down that uh, Fire Devi episode by yourself, and I uh, hope the listeners enjoyed. Um, you know, speaking of ashes, <clears throat> I got to pour a little out, literally, uh, for the Jim Beam Distillery. I don't know if you saw the, the news story. One of their rick houses mm. burned to the ground 45 thousand barrels of the lord's sweet nectar was lost in that fire <laughs> and, and and i couldn't help but be reminded uh when you said these players could rise from the ashes you know um you know it's not the only thing that's been burned to the ground the adp of these players there's there's been some other things so uh hat tip uh to the good people at at jim beam do you care to guess just very roughly about how much in gross revenue on the very low end those guys are going to have to claim an insurance on this deal. Uh, you said 45,000. My gosh. Yeah, 45,000 no barrels it's, of it's, bourbon. I mean, that's got to be, I don't know, tens of millions. 
let's go higher. Uh, it, that, that's probably that's probably in the 180 to 200 million dollar range on gross revenue. Um, so just just okay. insane, just insane. The firefighters said uh, it was the sweetest smelling fire <laughs> they've ever been to. Um, but yeah, man, um, and I guess on a, on a more uh, topical on topic note here, uh, just getting ready for Scott Fishbowl. Uh, next week as as yeah. uh, many are i think that's going to be really exciting and and i think just to kind of tie it all in you know the players we're going to talk about today all five of these guys um they're cheap in dynasty um i have not seen uh that they are expensive in redraft either but the reason we're going to talk about each of these guys is you know we think they're going to be you know at, at least flex worthy um within a very realistic range of outcomes with potential upside for more um, so a lot of applicability to redraft as well. Yeah, I think so. I think anytime we're talking about some players that uh, can come out of nowhere in surprise, I, I think we're always going to be hoping for players that can be instant impact guys. And I think there's evidence to suggest that all five of these uh, wide receivers, and we might do you know a follow up with some running back targets like this in the near future too. But uh, really, all, all five of these wide receivers could uh, make an impact, and there's huge opportunity and potential to get to but before we do that uh and before we uh get too far off just off talking topic just talking about how excited about we are about the sfb because then I, I could talk about that for just a whole podcast but i won't do it <laughs> but before we jump into the uh, five wide receivers you want to tell all of our uh, listeners where they can uh, play some fantasy yeah absolutely you can stop uh listening to this episode right now just hit the pause button and go over to the FFPC, check out their draft lobby, and join a new Dynasty startup. They start at $77 all the way up to $5,000, multiple levels in between, for Dynasty startups. They've never had a league fold. Uh, their draft app is awesome. Really have really enjoyed using their draft app. Um, the notifications are uh, flawless, and uh, the dashboard's very easy to, to use. You can do in-draft trades very very easily just just a very slick interface really been happy with it uh go sign up for a league right now come back to the pod and then find out which guys you can be targeting in rounds 12 13 or later uh that we're going to talk about here so go to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com the home of season long and Dynasty High Stakes Fantasy Football. And just a reminder, all new subscribers to Dynasty Command Center Slack get a $35 league credit. You can apply that to any Dynasty League fee, $77 or higher. You can find out more about that at DynastyCommandCenter.com. Nice, nice. Definitely uh, encourage people to check that out. But Curtis, I you know... I don't even know if, if a lot of our, we live in this uh, kind of vacuum sometimes of uh, Dynasty Twitter and things like that. Uh, and I'm not even sure if a lot of people, we, we just kind of reference the SFB like everyone knows what I'm talking about. But are, it's the Scott Fish Bowl for those of you who, uh, who uh, aren't listening to a bunch of other Dynasty podcasts and things like that. So definitely uh, check that out. It's basically a free tournament for uh, for charity. Uh, and it's a, a great thing that uh, Scott Fish puts on every year. And what, 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 um, what division are you in, actually? Are you, are you in it this year, Curtis? Yeah, yeah, I'm in it. This is my fourth year. Yeah, fourth year in it. Uh, nice. I am in 
the icons conference in the Mega Man division, which is great. I mean, you know, we've been using. Of course, you are. Yeah, we've we've been using <laughs> uh, some of the Mega Man music as our as our drop music uh, on the pod for a couple months, which has been fun. So, yeah, that's that's my division. Um, looking forward to it. You know, with with twelve hundred teams this year, just really insane. Um, you gotta you gotta win your division uh, or get into the dances wild card, but then it takes on kind of like a DFS GPP feel. Uh, in, in the playoffs where, um, you know, you're playing just against so many teams. So, um, yeah. I, I think, I think again, you know, there's some tie in, um, for formats like that with some of these guys that could end oh, yeah. up being free starters late in the draft. I mean, these are the types of guys I think that, um, if the stars align could become pretty productive, uh, for your team, but, um, you know, just complex scoring, uh, really appreciate what, what Scott Fish does there to make it fun and keep it fresh and, and keep people on their toes. Uh, I heard um, that there's over, I want to say the number was like 900 analysts in the league. It's there's, a lot. There's 900 <laughs> fantasy analysts. I mean, that's that blows my mind because I feel like I, I interact with, with a lot of people in the industry and um, I think I would struggle to name 100. So uh, that's that's you know just just shows you how big uh, this game that we love has gotten, which is great. What division are you in, Travis? I'm in the uh, Glados uh, Glados division from uh, the Portal video game. I don't, I don't know if you ever played that. I have but, not heard uh, of it. She's basically the super, the the evil computer, uh, like putting you through tests and things like that, and you think that everything's fine. And oh wow, spoiler spoiler alert! But uh, the, the cake is a lie, by the way. They say at the end of the game you're gonna get you're, you know you get cake and stuff, but really you're not. So Man, that, anyway, it's, that it's, game uh, sounds like a trip. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna play against an evil computer and for a slice of cake. Well, I'm gonna need know, a, I'm gonna need a bigger incentive, but we'll have to talk about that offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can do that. that there's there's a whole yeah. podcast or two or three or four that we could we go into the portal games, but I, I won't do that either. But uh, let, let's dive in here because. Uh, we were talking about some players that could rise from the ashes and come out of nowhere with uh, some lower average draft position uh, data. And we'll start from the very top. Uh, a guy who's kind of been rising here uh, recently uh, just to, due to some blurbs and due to potential opportunity with a very good quarterback. Uh, but uh, I guess we could just pitch the, the five that we're going to talk about. Uh, Mark, 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 Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And uh, or MVS, as we'll probably call him the rest of the podcast. Uh, I think he's going around pick 134 right now on my fantasy league uh, drafts, which is much higher than he was going, let's just say, this time last year, which he was basically undrafted everywhere because people were thinking that Equinamia St. Brown or Jamon Moore or somebody else was going to take the action. And out of the rookies, he had a pretty good first season, Uh, but we're going to actually talk about his opportunity this year because a lot of people want to talk about uh, Geronimo Allison uh, and or, or Jake Kumaro for that for that reason. Uh, but obviously, the, the wide receiver one is going to be Devonte Adams. But we are going to make a case that uh, MVS could be the wide receiver two. So Curtis, what, what do we got? Where, where, where are we going to start when when talking about MVS here? Well, I think of the five that we're going to talk about. He's the only one that, I mean, I don't see any circumstance where he could lead his team in targets. So, I mean, the reason we're casting the no. Nets uh, in Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers, wide receiver two, has been attractive at times 
in his career. We had the seasons from Randall Cobb. We had, I think, some years where even, uh, what, James Jones and company were up there oh, yeah. and had some big seasons. Yeah. So so there's some upside, particularly in the touchdown uh, department, if Rodgers can regain some of his former form that he lost uh, in the, the late years of uh, the McCarthy era. So, um, you know, I, I think really the argument is just that no one has solidified themselves. Um, you know, Allison looked really good at the beginning of, of last year, uh, was highly productive. Uh, Scantling wasn't exactly a slouch. Uh, once Allison went down, uh, per the Rotoviz uh, game splits app, it looks like he played 11 games last year. Uh, MVS did without Allison, and he paced for 90 targets. I mean, so he's getting some looks uh, for sure, over five and a half targets per game. Um, only scored one touchdown. 11 games so you know we would think there would be some correction there uh that would help out um pace for 134 ppr which is certainly nothing to write home about that's really not even flex worthy but as a rookie as a later round drafted rookie uh who had to really kind of just be thrust into a role perhaps when he wasn't even ready for it um and now that we've learned even more about the level of dysfunction with uh, route combinations and disagreements between Rodgers and McCarthy on how to run the offense. I, I mean, I think that's actually a, a pretty impressive uh, split for a, a rookie in MVS's situation. So, you know, I, I, I don't know that I feel strongly that he's going to emerge. I know Allison is still a little bit um, ouchy and, and working to get back to 100%. I've seen some blurbs that he looks maybe like a LaFleur big slot. Um, which would be interesting to see him in that role, which would mean that, you know, he wouldn't be in the way of MVS on the outside, potentially, uh, if that's how they're going to run things. So yeah. um, I'm I'm more in a, a watch from the exterior pattern on MVS, um, only because I don't feel so sure that he could do it. But, I mean, I can definitely see him winning the role. Um, it's a new coach. You know, the allegiances are gone. Uh, and if he does, uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 you don't have to squint very hard to see him scoring 10 PPR game. And, the, and you know, it's only a, a point and a half PPR higher. All of a sudden he's flex worthy. So what, what's your case for MVS? I mean, I think you probably knew a little bit more about him as a, as a rookie coming in as a prospect than I did as well. Yeah, I think we just uh, a lot. A lot of the time we just don't take. Well, we, we take for granted how how hard. <laughs> Uh, how hard it is for one of these later round guys to just show up and and produce immediately guys that uh, you know don't have the the day one capital just coming in and and saying look I'm the guy I need I need my targets and so he really didn't uh, like you said at the very beginning kind of he was kind of a slouch he didn't really start till much later getting the targets that he needed to even do anything he was averaging like two and a half targets per game or something early on and so Later on, he was up closer to six targets a game as a rookie. And I mean, we, we were just talking about how excited we were a couple weeks ago about uh, DJ Moore. And, you know, he had 700-something yards and two touchdowns and was a first-round pick, and there wasn't much to compete with. MVS was not that. He was not a first-round pick, had 581 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, it's a different situation, but you could argue it's a better quarterback situation, Not not necessarily the same... Uh, target ceiling but if he all he has to do is come in and and get somewhere near 100 targets this year to really be worth something to your fantasy roster and especially in spurts i think if he sees any positive regression in the touchdown category uh, you're going to be looking at a player that immediately passes up what you invested 
uh, in any dynasty startup or even a redraft format. I think there's just a lot to look forward to if he is the guy indeed to be the wide receiver two or second in targets on that team. And I think there's evidence to suggest that later on in the season, he was doing just that. So I'm excited uh, just to see somebody come from absolutely nowhere. I mean, going through the awkward transfer from NC State to USF to barely, you know, even I was surprised he even got invited to the combine to, to showing up and running like a four, three, seven or whatever, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was just a ridiculous 40 and, and then getting drafted ahead of guys like uh, ESB, like we thought he was going to be much higher. So just a fun story just to see him succeed. And now that he has an opportunity for maybe nearly a hundred targets, if he slotted in this role, uh, just going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and just for point of reference here, uh, using the Rotoviz Dynasty ADP tools here, uh, I've got it set to 60 days just to grab a little bit more of the picture. And uh, MVS is ADP over that period. So basically since the beginning of April, um, or beginning of May, rather, his ADP over the periods uh, just inside the top 150 at 149. ADP over his last five picks is 134. Point four, So he's crept into the 12th round. I, I think that feels pretty fair for a speculative uh, investment. But, you know, if he does lock down the role, I mean, I think he climbs pretty easily into like the top 90 probably of startup at some point during the season and, and dynasty mock drafts. So um, Travis, I think, made some some pretty good points there. Might have to, to reevaluate my take there. Um, but I think the main thing that we would want to drive home here is is speculating on on the Green Bay potential wide receiver too because we know whoever that's going to be is going to have some value but I want to transition into a guy that actually has had some um some fantasy success in the past and, and has been a dynasty darling at times he's had a little bit of trouble staying healthy and he's been bouncing around for the last couple years but man we want to talk about uh ashes well this is Smokey John Brown Smokey John Brown uh in in a new uh, sur- a series of surroundings here in Buffalo uh, for 2019 um, with Josh Allen. Um, I think people kind of forget. Uh, some people forget, or, or maybe it's just not talked about. Uh, maybe people haven't forgotten. They just don't care. But man, the first half of 2018, John Brown was fire with Joe Flacco. Uh, in his nine games with Flacco last season, he averaged 13.2 PPR per game paced for 211 on the season. I mean, he would have been an easy wide receiver too. Uh, top 20, I believe. 120 targets, 119 targets was his pace. Would have had over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Lamar Jackson came in and just crushed like a 20-ton weight um, the upside of, of John Brown. And, and he just absolutely disappeared. Uh, averaged less than four PPR per game. Uh under four and a half targets a game. I mean, he just disappeared after that. So he goes to Buffalo now where there's no clear number one. I mean, that that whole wide receiver core has kind of been remade. Uh, they brought in John Brown. I think you really is a, a nice pairing with Josh Allen's uh, strong arm. Zay Jones um, has been getting targets for a couple of seasons there, un, unable to really cement himself as an effective or efficient player. Robert Foster had a little bit of success uh, last season. They brought in Cole Beasley. 
um, as a check down specialist. John Brown has the opportunity to have a very similar role to what he had in the first half of 2018 in Baltimore um, with, you know, seven to eight targets a game, some downfield mixed in and just really uh, splashing those bombs. I mean, this is an opportunity, unlike MVS, where he really could be the alpha on that team. And we're talking about a guy who's barely inside the top 150 of ADP by his last five picks and over the last 60 days outside the top 150 uh, and a sample size of over 60 drafts. So, man, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about John Brown at this price uh, in redraft. I've got a lot of best ball shares, uh, but also in dynasty. I mean, he's got a, a couple seasons here maybe to resurrect his career. What do you think about John Brown as an investment, Travis, at this price? I mean, I, I don't know how many uh, former 1,000-yard wide receivers coming off of a season where they were actually a wide receiver one for their team and a new opportunity where they can also be a wide receiver one for their team. I don't know how many wide receivers like that you can get this cheap anywhere uh, or, or just can be this for quickly forgotten anywhere. But, I mean, obviously he did struggle to stay healthy uh, last uh, couple seasons uh, in Arizona, so people just kind of quickly dismiss and we move on and we say, oh, well, he's – He's 28 years old, almost 29 years old, whatever. In Dynasty, that doesn't really – people don't like their <clears throat> their wide receivers to be over like 25, 26 apparently. <laughs> and so I'm basically dead at age 30 But uh, if I was an NFL wide receiver. Uh, but J- John Brown, uh, he just last year led the Ravens in touchdowns, led them in yards. And we shouldn't be surprised if he just comes in and absolutely, absolutely dominates. When you, I, I know some people want Zay Jones to be something. They, they still want Robert Foster to be something. Uh, Zay Jones, I mean, his career catch percentage is less than fifty percent at a ridiculous. His average depth of target is not impressive either. Like he's averaging, I think it's just over eleven yards per reception for his career, and can't get to fifty percent catch. Like catch, I don't care who's throwing you the ball. Like the guy just has really, really struggled. He was one of the worst rookie wide receivers we'd seen in a very, very long time uh, last year, and uh, didn't really improve uh, in terms of his is well much of any way besides like touchdowns this past year or, or is per target effectiveness so um i mean he he saw bigger raw numbers but i think it's a major projection if somebody's going to say that he's going to be uh, the wide receiver one as josh allen develops so my money would definitely be on john john brown given the splits that you said and what he's already done in the league uh, so he just he brings something that i don't think a lot of the other players do that are already on the roster yeah, great great points there as well. I mean, I think um, John Brown, not only is he a good uh, startup investment, but also a, a nice trade target. A guy to get as a throw-in uh, when you're negotiating probably is not carrying much more than, I mean, geez, in this range, maybe a future late second uh, in value. So yeah. if, that, if something like that is the difference in getting a deal done, I mean, maybe ask for the for, for John Brown, and, and you're certainly looking at a guy who's in the conversation as a as a weekly flex-level player, uh, but we could be talking about a top 36, maybe even a top 24 wide receiver at season's end. I mean, who knows? Uh, remains to be seen. Let's, let's hit another guy here, uh, one more, uh, before we take a little break. And it's a guy that we were hesitating to put him in the podcast, but uh, total re- regime change in Miami. Total regime change. Um, they bring in um, a new coaching staff. Adam Gase has been jettisoned. And Devontae Parker. So Devontae Parker, we're, we're entering year five 
He's actually on his second deal now. Devontae Parker is on his second NFL contract now. That's how long we've been talking about this guy. But they bring in, I, I mean, just the, I mean, he's he's a god among men with the level of swag. Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, in addition to Josh Rosen, the big trade. So they, they've remade their quarterback room. They've remade their coaching staff. And we've we've heard, you know, we've we've been down this road before. But the level, of, the level of hype and excitement around Devontae Parker feels it, it feels less speculative and more genuine um, to me. And maybe it's just that I put more credence into you know what Ryan Fitzpatrick has to say um, than, than what I would have uh, in the past. It seemed like the beats in the past were really driving the story on Parker. You know, it's time for him to step up. I remember those same types of conversations like early in Braylon Edwards' career, you know, just wanting him to break out uh, in Cleveland, same type of player, kind of big, rangy, athletic guy that didn't put it together except for one season. But now with Ryan Fitzpatrick potentially at the helm, at least for the first part of the season until Rosen adjusts, I mean, we saw what he did last year. I mean, we saw Fitzpatrick, it was a legendary. Um, And it wasn't just with Mike Evans. It was the other guys in, in Tampa I mean, it feels like ages ago, man, but um, he was part of a duo of quarterbacks in, in Tampa Bay that was one of the most productive, um, you know, passing attacks in NFL history. I think they were like top five in, in yards passing uh, last year, if you can combine it uh, or look at the team passing yards. Just really, really insane. And I think to bring in a veteran who actually is a talented passer, uh, despite his other warts, as an upgrade over Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean, just got so many more seasons than we would have thought he would have gotten. Yeah. It, I, I think it's yeah. it's probably what what Parker needs. And, you know, we, we pulled before the episode some game splits on Parker with and without Tannehill, especially over the last two seasons, Travis. I don't know if you want to share those, but um, yeah. it, it makes I, it I'd look like Tannehill to, maybe it's, was, it's was the problem. I, I'm going to plug in my mouse here. I'm losing power. So let's let's share this. Yeah. Yeah, so Ryan Tannehill, uh, if you spread it out to, you know, include a couple other years of data, it looks a little bit closer. But looking at just the most recent numbers for Parker and Tannehill together and not together, uh, it's pretty pretty gross uh, when we look at Tannehill's impact on Parker. It just really looks like he was completely ignored. I mean, in split with Tannehill, he's averaging – four PPR per game, like just over, like not even two receptions a game, not even four targets a game. And he's supposedly the the, the team's wide receiver one. Outside of this, but without Tannehill throwing him the ball, he, he's averaging nine and a half points PPR. He's averaging over four receptions per game. He's averaging seven targets per game, which that looks more like a stereotypical wide receiver 1A and, and kind of a good offense that has two wide receivers and the the Dolphins might be in that situation. Yeah, I mean he could easily if the Dolphins want to commit to him, if the other Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to commit to throwing him the ball and give him seven targets a game, we're we're looking at somebody who could easily get 800 yards, easily get maybe 900 900 yards and if the touchdowns follow with that, I mean we're we're looking at a player that could immediately uh, see a, an uptick in value in dynasty leagues and really just be an instant impact player for you this year, which is so strange to say. And obviously he's, he's lower for a reason. His a- average draft position r- right now is around 160 
on my fantasy league. And uh, recently, it's 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 really just kind of been uh, up and down. But I mean, he's he's just a late pick. So I mean, you're talking about again a player that's even cheaper than John Brown, a late second type value player. In and some of my leagues, I, people aren't even wanting to touch him for a third just because they're so done with Parker. So getting him as as a throw in. For somebody who could give you nine, ten, maybe more uh, fantasy points per week if things go well with Fitzpatrick, or or whoever is throwing him the ball in in a new look Miami offense, that's that's intriguing. Uh, which I'll this is this will be the last time I will say that. <laughs> if, if he doesn't do it this year, then I'm I'm out. But uh, I think everyone else will be, and they probably already are for the most part. But it, it's definitely somebody you need to have on your radar given what he could be with a new quarterback, new situation. And it sounds like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if Curtis, you'd mentioned this, but Fitzpatrick seems to like him. So I think that uh, early on indicators are that we should probably not completely give up on Parker just yet. But it's July, and it's just it's crazy to me that it's already July, and we're already getting closer to camp. I can't wait to just to get to that point, but... Curtis, I think it's probably time for a break to just uh, talk about some best ball and some other stuff. Yeah, I, I'm really pumped about this. And and the growth of best ball over the last couple of seasons has just been crazy to see the new uh, companies getting into the game. You know, last year we had uh, really uh, draft uh, takeoff, uh, and, and I think it was their second season. But, man, Yahoo, just a giant, a titan of industry. Yahoo Fantasy has has jumped into the best ball game and uh, just for those of you who haven't tried the format, uh, we're talking redraft here. You draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't have to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top-scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Yahoo does the work. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough starter sit decisions. Just focus on the absolute best part of fantasy football. It's the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early and not finish the draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams all seasons? You can draft up to 50 best ball teams on the Yahoo platform this season. Play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at sports.yahoo.com slash best ball. That's sports.yahoo.com slash best ball. And it's coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. I think that's going to be around July 19th as the target date. I was talking to them earlier this week. And just a reminder, with code BIZ25, you can actually get $25 credit towards Yahoo Fantasy Games. So check that out uh, if you're not registered on the site. But very, very interested to check that out. Um, just have always loved Yahoo's interface for for season long. I'm, I'm not sure that it's it's you know really been... Um, Topped. I mean, so many players that that come to us asking about dynasty leagues, they still even kind of fake a dynasty league on the Yahoo platform just because people like that uh, so much. So very, very curious about their best ball product. Sure, it's going to be great, and can't wait to see them add that to the app. Well, let's talk about Marquise Lee, Travis. I mean, some people might forget that he's in the league. It seems like forever since we've talked yeah. about him. The Jaguars have been basically entirely remade. The last time we were really talking about Marquise Lee. Uh, Blake Bortles was under center uh, in Jacksonville. 
And, uh, you know, Marquis Lee, former second round NFL draft pick out of USC. Um, you know, he was a, a high, highly uh, invested in player by the, by the franchise, not a guy that's necessarily taken the top off the offense or an explosive fantasy scoring type player. Uh, but been very steady throughout his career and uh, wide receiver three level production with some um, spotty wide receiver two, um, maybe periods during his career. And unfortunately had the, the, you know, the bad injury last year, he's still rehabbing from, um, but all indications look like, you know, he's going to be ready uh, at some point in the preseason. I'm not sure if he's going to play. I don't know if they need him to play really, but we've got Nick Foles in town now. I think that's a massive, massive upgrade, obviously. Uh, for the whole Jaguars offense. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about D.D. Westbrook on this program, and I get a lot of questions about him. You know, do we still think he has the same target upside with the new quarterback, and what's that really going to look like in Jacksonville? Well, we wanted to look, you know, I mean, D.D. is going to cost a little bit more than we're talking about here. You know, Marquise, I'll let you reference the the ADP, Travis, um, but Marquise is, is much cheaper at this point. And so we wanted to see, you know, what has he done with and without D.D.? Uh, back in 2017, which would have been the, you know the last time that we had a good sample size from them, but in the four games yeah. uh, with Didi, and this was a, a great pull by Travis, 11.2 PPR per game, and nine games without Didi, 11.2 PPR per game. I mean, so basically, Marquise Lee's role at that time in the Jacksonville offense, and that's and again the last great sample that we have from him, his role was completely separate. Uh, and independent of of what Westbrook was doing, um, was getting essentially the same targets, same yardage, same touchdowns, same receptions per game, regardless of whether Westbrook uh, was in the, was uh, in the in the lineup. I think Westbrook and Cole much more closely tied together in terms of what they will do, or maybe even Chark. You could throw him into that. Marquise Lee plays a specific role in the offense as a chain mover, and uh, you know I, I think he's he's a nice basically free player uh that could just be you know one of those boring flex guys oh, i guess i'll throw him in here and then all of a sudden you got 11 12 points every week so uh anything you want to add on marquise yeah. lee travis yeah i mean we could talk about dd westbrook a lot of people are pretty high on him but i mean marquise lee because he's been out of the league for a while he mean uh in some leagues you could probably get him near pick 200 in a, in a startup draft uh, just because there's just so much unknown still with the Jaguars offense. I mean, his average draft position right now, last five picks, is uh, 174. Uh, so that's that's pretty low. That's, that's cheaper than anybody we've talked about so far. And there's a lot of targets that just left town uh, in Jacksonville. I mean, just with Dante Moncrief, he's elsewhere. He had 89 targets last year. And then even TJ Yeldon, from this weird role that he had last year, he actually had 78 targets, wow. and he's gone. Yeah. And so I'm not really sure where all the targets are going to go and be redistributed this year. They still have D.D. Westbrook. They still have even Keelan Cole and DJ Chark. And you know, insert your favorite no-name Jaguars wide receiver here. Uh, but there's, there's tons of opportunity just between Yeldon and Moncrief's targets right there, that's 167 targets gone. So there's there's going to be somebody that's going to step up into that role uh, to take on something. And it really, Marquise Lee was trending in a good direction before he went down. I mean, if you look at the, the two seasons prior, he had nearly 1,000 yards in uh, 2016. And he, if he was healthy in all 16 games, he would have been on that same pace 
for 2017 as well. So I think there's lots of like with Lee, and at the very least, he looks like a, a decent flex option when healthy this year, and he could be more if if Foles decides to go his way instead of Didi and sometimes. So lots of lots of just at the very least a safe floor type player that uh, when he scores a touchdown could be uh, a really solid play. Uh, lots to like with with him more so than I thought. Anyway, uh, it really still probably could be a, a mess just because the Jaguars are still the Jaguars, but uh, somebody that is definitely worth taking a stab at. But another guy that uh, you mentioned just yesterday, and he was kind of uh, coming up on on social media just in the past few days. Uh, Jamison Crowder is a, is also in uh, kind of a uh, he's he's moved around uh, a bit there, and he's in a new situation. Uh, but we believe that the situation could actually amount to some uh, significant targets. You want to talk about Adam Gase in the case for uh, Jameson Crowder? Yeah, I mean, um, now I, I will say this a little tongue-in-cheek because uh, Adam Gase <laughs> has not maybe been the most um, bank-worthy uh, press conference head coach that we've seen in the past couple years. Uh, he's been known to basically lie uh Mostly on the, in the about the running back position, I think he's typically been fairly truthful about wide receivers. But you know, we should uh, just pepper that in um, there that you know he's he's not somebody we can just absolutely take at his word. But he's been quoted multiple times now, um, very transparently about what he sees Jamison Crowder's role as uh, in New York, and I mean he's even gone as far to say as Crowder should catch seventy to ninety balls this season. Um. When we look at what Gase has done, you know, with these guys that can be moved around the formation, uh, that can catch the intermediate routes and the short routes and be given opportunities for yak. I mean, there's no better case study than Jarvis Landry. And I mean, the two seasons he had with Gase over 160 targets in 2017, 130 in 2016. Now, I'm not saying that Crowder is going to get 10 targets a game, but. I mean, the Jets wide receiver room, we talk about wide open wide receiver rooms and, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson um, plays a downfield role and has been effective there. But the underneath stuff, I mean, that's up for grabs. We got Le'Veon Bell's probably going to be, you know, check down artist as he's as he's been in his career. But there's very significant opportunity really for maybe even the number one target getter in the offense. And I, I think you know, Anderson as a complimentary player might even be more effective for that team um, with somebody else working the underneath stuff. And so I, I think it's certainly range of possible outcomes that Crowder sees 130 targets this season. Um, I, You know, I don't know if I'm betting on that, um, but it's hard to argue against it. I think the opportunity is certainly there for him to submit himself. And, you know, if he's going to catch up to 90 balls, that's probably about the volume we're going to need to see there. So, um, we're talking about a player, by the way, last five picks on MFL and Dynasty startups outside the top two hundred. A lot of yeah. a lot of a lot of Dynasty sites don't even rank outside the top two hundred. I mean, that is insane. Um his ADP for the period uh over the last sixty days uh outside the top one eighty and hasn't been selected any earlier than one twenty seven. So by far, by far far the least liked player of the five guys that we've talked about today and he uh, of the five that we have talked about he probably has the highest floor based off of what his coach is already saying about him um i think you know i I guess we haven't talked to sam darnold travis but um you know he seems 
um, to be a guy that he's on the right trajectory. Now, I don't know if Gase is going to manage to screw this up, um, but I think I think most people feel like they saw enough from Darnold um, to think that you know he's the real deal. Um, and, and so I, I'm very in on Crowder at, at this price. He's kind of a guy that I ignored last year. It just seemed like, you know, between the injury and um, just the mess that was the Washington Redskins wide receiver room, yeah, um, he, he's just a guy that fell off. But when he's been healthy, he's man, he's really been a nice fantasy asset to have. Um, so if, if oh, he yeah. can stay healthy, geez, I mean, I'll, I'll take 90 receptions outside of the top 200. I mean, all day. So um, anything to add on Crowder there, Travis? Yeah, I think when he's had good quarterback play, I think he's been a really viable uh, receiving option. I mean, when, when you look at just his numbers when he was with Kirk Cousins, he was averaging almost 12 PPR per game with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback for him. So that that's wow. a player that if he gets decent quarterback play, he's more than just a, a basic you know, hashtag basic wide receiver. You know, if you look at 12 fantasy points per game, that's probably right on the wide receiver two, wide receiver three type um, border right there. So even if he doesn't get that 90 receptions that, that is, is promised by, by Gase here or just alluded to by Gase here, uh, he might not need that to, to find some fantasy viability. Mm-hmm. And I think he fits in really well with what they have. Uh, he could be that underneath with Bell, with to kind of offset the the the, the deep threat that Robbie Anderson is. And I th- think think uh, that there was definitely some to believe in with Donald this year as well. Um, he was a, a Debbie quarterback uh, for a lot of people that they, they liked. A lot of people were talking about him being a top quarterback for a long time, and now he, he was kind of overshadowed by. Uh, Baker Mayfield and his success but I think for as far as rookie quarterbacks go he actually had a a decent season and I think uh, I'd like to see him take a next step this year with some even better weapons so uh, Crowder being outside the top 200 given what he's already done in the NFL seems a little silly at this point so I think he's an easy target to just say look there's almost no way his value is going to get lower and there's a good chance given what we know about his coach that he could see an uptick in value right away, and he already probably will just off of that blurb. But right, right now he's he's still yeah. he he's still a value. But uh, you, it, we, it's the summer; we we overreact to to things all the time. But given what we know right now, he seems like a pretty fun target. But we will probably uh, do some kind of follow up to this with some running backs because I was looking at the same range just during the podcast, and there's a bunch of running back values and things like that in the same range of uh, average draft position going on but uh you know and we probably will take some time to talk some more debbie i know i had a lot of positive feedback on on that wide receivers episode had some questions on the running backs definitely want to get to that some this summer too but uh you know thanks for joining us again for another dynasty command center podcast it's always good just to uh, hear from you guys as listeners and we hear from our, our premium slack members all the time about you know what they want to hear or have questions on and uh, have a, really had a lot of good questions off of last week's episode and just i'd encourage everybody to check out the premium slack because it's just uh, even when curtis invited me to join the dcc crew and i i knew about the slack but i hadn't jumped in the community is just un- unreal it's just a, a lot of fun seeing where everyone's leagues are like what their strategies are. I've learned so much, not only from the DCC staff, but just 
the other premium Slack members. It's just been a lot of fun to just engage and, and learn more every single day uh, with you guys. So thanks for being awesome. If you guys are already in there, and I'd encourage anybody to check that out because uh, it's just a lot of fun. But uh, Curtis, thank you again for joining this week uh, on the podcast. And you can find Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. And I'm Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, And thanks again for joining us for another Dynasty Command Center podcast. And until next time, keep living that Dynasty life. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.